0: This morning, I, I, our focus is we're, we we want to break down and think about, um, about four years ago, we decided that our slogan, our uh, brand, our <laughs> mission statement, whatever you want to call it, uh, was in to heal and out to love, okay, um, and I believe we need to figure out whether we're serious about that. Okay, everybody, nobody says, oh, that's bad, but, no, but like, and, and they say about 90, 95% of churches have a mission statement, but it really means nothing. They make up a mission statement, and, and then they just keep doing the same thing they've always done. And this morning, I want to focus in on our mission statement, and the first aspect of that is in to heal, okay? If you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, okay? As I, as I got into this and I, I started studying it out, I, I, I started to realize that probably the struggle that the whole church and the world is having with this concept of healing is God means one thing and we tend to mean another, okay? Okay? Um, uh, there's some people out there that run around and 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 they hit people in the head and they fall down and supposedly they're healed, okay, and and they're cured of whatever you know their legs grow on and 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 all that kind of stuff and and honestly they've done studies of that and honestly none of that is actually real. Actually, that's probably called the power of suggestion more than. Uh, Godly healing, okay? As I really got into the study and and started to realize what God meant by healing, actually what God means by healing is, is the process of making healthy or solid. Healthy or solid. Okay. The first thing I, I, I want to do after we read this scripture is Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And guys, that's where we need to step into. What we call church today and the kingdom of God are kind of two separate entities. They shouldn't be, but they are. Okay, but they went around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So the first thing I want to say is, is here's where I'm at. God can heal anything and everything. There, there really is a, isn't anything. I, I keep hearing from people, uh, I, I, I lo- as soon as a person uses the word well, well, that tells me that they're not serious about what we're talking about. Okay, I believe there is nothing, nothing beyond God's ability to heal. Okay, I mean, I have seen where a person in Texas, we we laid hands on her and we laid the oil on her. And she had fourth stage lung cancer. And the next time she went to the doctor, they had some other word for it. But I call it, she was healed. And all she had was phlegm, okay? So my problem, I'm not backing off of, of the whole God can cure. God can expiate or get rid of anything and everything, okay? That's not a problem, and I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. But it's not just about physical healing, Okay? I believe God can cure or heal our minds. I believe God can, can heal our emotions. Okay? I believe God can heal our relationships. I believe God can heal our marriages. Okay? I believe God can heal anything and everything that he chooses to heal the way he chooses to heal it when he chooses to heal it. But you've got to remember God's definition of healing is it's basically what's eternal best for us, not what we want immediately. See, too often we think that healing means just like that lady with lung cancer, man, if I pray right, if I say it right, God's just gonna do what I want when I want it. And I want you, and, and then we get this guilt feeling when it doesn't happen. Do you ever feel that way? You know, well, you know. Must not have had enough faith or whatever. The bottom line is quit that. Okay? Understand. God can and will heal anything and everything in his way, in his time, that which is perfectly best for each and every one of us. Okay? Let's just start right there. Okay? Because I think that's so important. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, I think that's important for us to understand i think that's important for us to understand i hear i hear a lot of talk about mental illness and there really is a a mental illness it's real it's ugly it's harsh it does tremendous things to people but the bottom line is i want you to understand god can heal that okay but that doesn't mean god always takes it away He can make us healthy, even if that mental, emotional struggle remains. Are you with me? Okay? And I want you to understand that, because I think there are a lot of people that have prayed for a certain thing for a long time, and they feel very poorly about themselves, and sometimes we get frustrated with God and angry with God, because God, well, God, I found a a verse in the Bible that says, if I ask in your name, you'll do anything I tell you to do. God is not Puff the Magic Dragon, okay? He is not the genie in the sky that you rub his belly and he does anything and everything you tell him to do. But here's what I know. If you give him whatever, he can and will make it healthy and sound or solid. See, so often we look at healing and we think, well, what God needs to do, okay? God needs to take away, God needs to just rid me of, and then everything would be fine. But see, God's a little smarter than that. God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and he knows what we need to struggle with. Do you remember the, the story of Paul and what they call the thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9? Does everybody remember that story? Does anybody remember that story? Is anybody awake? Is anybody here? Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Okay. The 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul had asked three times that this thorn thing, and we're not really sure what that thorn thing was. some people speculate and say it was his blindness, some people speculate and say it was a woman, some people speculate and say all kinds of different things. The cool part is, I think Paul didn't get very specific with the thorn thing because he wanted to give us a spot to fill the gap with whatever we're struggling with, whatever we would like to be rid of. And it's okay to want to be rid of whatever. It's okay. That's all right. Paul came to him three times and said, God, can you get rid of this? Uh, God, could you please take this out of my life? God, somehow. And God looked at him and said, my grace is sufficient. My power is perfected in your weakness. Now, I'm going to be honest, we human beings don't like to hear that. We human beings kind of like to hear that we're kind of in control. We kind of like the idea that somehow if I align it right or frame it right, then Big Papa in the sky is going to do what I want. We don't want him to say, my grace is sufficient. We want him to say, yes. But he kind of left Paul hanging. That's not very nice. But you see, he knew Paul. And we see Paul as this great apostle who did great things and wrote great books and and was this great man. Actually, if you know Paul, Paul was about a four, four foot ten man who walked around hunched over all the time. Okay? He didn't have this big presence that everybody thinks they need to be a leader. But he looked at Paul and he said, You have nothing to worry about. It's okay. You've put this in my hands. And I will make you healthy no matter what I do with this. Are you with me? Okay. And in that weakness, you need to praise God. And Paul goes on and praises God for his weakness. Because that's where God's power is perfected. See, too often we we come and we think healing is God's going to take it away. But God may have a better plan. God may have a more definitive plan. God may have a better healing plan than to just take it away. This week I was talking to a very mature Christian man who has just found out he has an aggressive form of prostate cancer. And you know what he said? He said, it's okay. He said, I feel sorry for those around me because they're hurting, but it's okay because if God wants to use me as an example of His grace, so be it. Friends, that's healthy, and that's sound. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Well, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you're saying that, that there's really nothing God can heal, and I, I hear what you're saying about the fact that His grace is sufficient, and, and I, I can buy into all that, but, but, but Pastor, how do I enter into that healing? And throughout the Gospels, Jesus says this. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has brought healing to your life. Your faith has made you available for me to accomplish in you what you could never accomplish in and for yourself. You see, all of into heal not to love is part of worship. And worship is not singing. I, I, I keep hearing, that, "Oh, we're going to enter into worship. We're going to sing." Well, no, 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 no. Stop that stuff. It's a little piece of it. It might enhance it, but the bottom line is. Worship is laying your whole self, every area of your life down as a living and holy sacrifice before God so that God can pick it up and do with it as He sees eternally best. Notice I did not say perfectly cure you and get rid of whatever. Because sometimes God does that. Hallelujah. Sometimes He doesn't. But he, there, his grace is absolutely sufficient. And his power is perfect when well, we have no clue what to do. Amen. You see, we need to get excited about worship at Riverview. We need a core of people who come here and don't just go through the motions of a little bit of fellowship, a little bit of singing, a little bit of preaching, and go home. We need a group of people that say, Wow, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be encouraging. I'm going to be expecting. I'm going to be anticipating. That God Almighty is going to do something extraordinary and eternal in somebody's life this morning. Or at least begin the process. You see, too often we wait to give testimonies in church or wherever until everything is fine. You know what the most extraordinary testimonies are to me? I just found out I have this. I have no idea what God's going to do, but I know this. It's going to be okay, because God's in control. See, we need people coming here, encouraging each other, because some people come in here, and they're just flat out hurting. Amen? They just don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to smile. They don't know how to do anything. That stinking preacher asked me to smile. I don't feel like smiling. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'll keep saying it till you do, but it's okay. But let me ask you. Will you be that person that prays throughout the week? Experiencing the healing health of God no matter your circumstance or situation or or illness or malady or struggle, who comes in and says, hallelujah, I know you're hurting, but God can do this in your life too. (laughs) I like the line from from, um, Stonewall Jackson's movie. um, I forget the name of it, but the guy he was talking to says, well, you know I'm not a believer. And Stonewall says, well, I'll just believe enough for both of us. Sometimes that's kind of where we need to be, isn't it? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but my faith is failing. I'm a human being, right? Sometimes I don't feel good about my situation. And it's hard for me to look up. It's hard for me to, and we come together. And I need somebody to come around me anticipating and expecting God to do something great. God to bring healing. God to bring health. God, to bring power to whatever my life's situation might be. We have prayer time at the beginning of the service. And that's what this is all about. We don't just do it so the preacher can pray a flowery prayer that everybody hears. I really want to narrow us in. To healing, to healthy, to sound, to solid. I mean, you got to understand, this is freaky, but I want you to understand, God can make anything healthy and solid in your life if you will allow him. Oh, but pastor, you don't understand my bills. God will make you healthy and solid. Pastor, you don't understand my scars. God will make you healthy and solid. Pastor, you don't understand the mistakes I've made. God will make you healthy and solid. If you allow Him. If you lay it down before Him. And lay it down before Him. And lay it down before Him. Because me and you both know we've got a tendency to pick it back up. So, as we sing this song, let me ask you, Is it healthy and solid? Or are there areas of your life that you need to hone in on and say, God, I have no clue. I don't know how to make this healthy and solid. I I want you to understand something. I'm sitting here watching a lot of people, and you've got relatives, you've got kids that are not healthy and solid. God can make them healthy and solid. Are you praying for them? You know, there are people around you that are not healthy and solid. They are out of control. Their mind and their heart and their soul are out of control. Are you praying for them to become healthy and solid? Or have we just given up? This is our time to come to God and say, God, here it is. Here they are. Do your thing. Healthy and solid. Let's stand. If you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. We started out with uh, the healing, into heal, okay? And the one thing I probably should have said that I didn't say is you need to understand. God can heal anything. God can heal anything. Thank you. And he heals it in his way. He makes us healthy in his way. Okay? And you've got to get that healthy part. He didn't say he was going to take away every disease and every temptation and just do everything that we want. He does things the way he wants to. But the one thing I forgot to say is you've got to kind of take ownership of that. God doesn't just kind of open a hole in your head and pour healing in. Okay? It's there, but you've got to choose to believe it's there. You've got to choose to believe that he can do whatever is necessary in your life to make you healthy and sound. Okay? There are folks who are quadriplegics. And they are the most healthy and sound men and women of God in the world. There are people that have been abused in every way. That are most healthy and sound individuals uh, in all the world. They are the greatest examples of God's grace. We had a young lady in Texas at at one of my churches that um, she had been extraordinarily abused and the problem is that you know nobody ever really explained the grace of God to her in that kind of a powerful way and so she came to church so broken and and God came into her life and, and it didn't take away the scar the scar was still there the hurt was still there. The pain was still there. She had been in mental institution after mental institution after mental institution. And, she, you know, all of that stuff was there. And all the treatments and all the med- all that stuff was there. But God came in, raised her up in the middle of all of that. She forgave her uncle and became one of the most healthy, sound individuals you've ever met in your life. So I'm just saying, that's what we mean by healing, in to heal. So why should I get excited about that, Pastor? Because every one of your friends and every one of your family and everyone in your world can be healed. The question is not whether he can do it, it's whether we believe it. Because if you believe it, you want to tell somebody about it. Does that make sense to you? You know, the reason the church isn't impacting the United States the way it should be is because, not because we don't have the right theology or rhetoric, it's because we actually don't believe. Because if we believe, we've been telling everybody about it. You know, God could save you. God could set you free. God could, God's almighty. Hallelujah. Let's go. You know, instead we go to church. Okay? So we come for in to Heal. And the second part of our mission statement, what would you call that, son? You're the communications guy. You don't know either. Okay. Um, (laughs) The second part is out to love. Now, guys, we've got to get this right. Because the devil has done a magnificent job, just like in the healing thing. You know, there's a lot of people running around feeling guilty if their mother died. I must not have had enough faith. Well, let me help you with something. Everybody sitting here and standing here is going to die. <laughs> you know, other than Enoch, I don't know anybody that didn't. Okay? So, and Elisha. All right. Whatever. Get off my back. The, I said that this week, and my grandson goes around telling everybody that. Get off my back, man. So when you're around him, don't say stuff you don't want him to repeat. Do you know what I'm saying? It is out to love. We've got to get this right. Because there's a lot of people walking around feeling bad about being imperfect, about not being able to pull off this human understanding of love. Okay? Because usually what the world calls love ain't love. Right? Let, let's look at it this way a couple of different angles, okay? First, you have to understand in 1 John chapter 4, verse um, 19, I believe, it says, God is love. Okay? And Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. So if you want to love, whose footsteps do you walk in? You walk in Jesus' footsteps. Now, let me just throw a caveat or a parenthesis in there that I think is very important, okay? Satan has done a masterful job of getting us studying everything but Jesus. You know, there used to be that, what would Jesus do? Remember remember that, WWGJ, everybody wore it because I'm such a great Christian. There was some really, really weird stuff that was taught about that. Jesus was just nice to everybody. And I'm like, have you read the Bible? You know, Jesus just told everybody what they wanted to hear because he just wanted to encourage them. Have you read the Bible? Okay, Jesus just walked around sprinkling fairy dust on everybody and he was just night. No, he wasn't. Jesus was about doing anything and everything that was eternally best for everyone who came into his world. He did, you know. There were times where the woman, they were gonna stone her for being adulteress, and he covered over her and he took care of her. And he loved her, you know. Remember that story? You know, I mean, you know, that's what men do, you know. Men, we protect ladies. Men, we protect the ladies. Men, we protect the ladies. Men, we protect the ladies. You gotta get that, guys. Because this ain't happening in our world. Because you can't tell the difference between the men and the ladies. But the bottom line is that we're supposed to protect the ladies. All right? I'm sorry. That's a big deal to me. All right? But he covered over her, and, and they were ready to stone her. And I love that part. He knows a lot more than me. So he was able to write in the sand. And I don't know what he wrote in the sand. It's not really there, what he wrote in the sand. But the cool part is, I have a feeling he brought up some of their sins and kind of backed them off. You know, and, I, and that's great, and, and that's wonderful. But then there was another time where he was with a woman and offered her um, everlasting water, wells that will never run dry. And that's great, and that's wonderful. She's like, I want that. And, and he looks at her and says, but, okay, go get your husband. She's like, well, I don't have a husband. She, he says, you're right, you've had five. And the one you're living with now ain't. You say, well, that's not very nice. Nice is neither a gift nor a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Love and kindness are. See, this is very important to me because we we run around so often with this understanding that we're just supposed to make everybody feel good. We're just supposed to make everybody feel good about themselves. We're just supposed to tell everybody what they want to hear. We're just supposed to make everybody just, we're supposed to be one big bundle of therapy for everybody. Kids, that ain't love. Love sometimes goes into a temple and clears out the foolishness. Love sometimes goes up to the blind man and heals. Love sometimes looks at the Pharisees and Sadducees, the church people that look down on everybody, and backs them off and tells them they're a brood of vipers and a bunch of whitewashed tombs. Are you with me? Love sometimes reaches down and loves people right where they are because they feel like they got no hope. Love sometimes looks at the leader of your church or the leader of the discipleship group and calls him the devil. See, real godly love is about doing for everybody God brings in our world whatever is necessary for their best eternal good. Sometimes that's encouraging and sometimes that's man, I'm going to stand by you and we're going to get through this together. Sometimes it's looking at that dude and saying, "Listen, you're acting like a jerk." Sometimes, it's just doing whatever is necessary so somebody can pay their bills. Sometimes, it's looking at somebody and saying, I'm going to lend you a little money, but we're going to get this financial act straight. (laughs) Amen? You got what I'm saying? That ain't a lack of love. That is love. See, if you want to go out and love, get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and say, you know what? I'm going to live like the one who lived perfectly in love. Our passage of scripture is Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Let me ask you something. Are you about being nice or are you about being loving? Okay. Are you about being nice? Are you, or are you stepping outside of these doors going, I will do anything and everything it takes. I will give up anything and everything it takes. I don't care how much time. I don't care how much energy. I don't care Whatever it takes for me to show the love of Christ to my neighbor or workmate or whoever God brings into my life, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, well, that's not the kind of preaching I like. Well, I don't care. That's what the book says. That's what the book says. And I want to say something to you right here. Don't just look at what the book says. The book actually expects us to go out and do it. Now, there's kind of a balance in all of this. There's a a healthy love. You know, I grew up in the church with a very unhealthy love, you know. And that that was, I love God, but then I love others uh, to the detriment of myself, okay. Did you ever hear that stuff? Well, I gotta sacrifice. I gotta, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta put myself down so that everybody, no. God's word said that our first love is God. Now, guys, you got to understand, that's easy to say, that's not so easy to do. We live in a selfish world. And it's easy to say, I love God first, but do we? Do we honestly love God first? Or do we love our kids and grandkids more? Now you see, as I've gotten grandkids, I'm going to be honest, it's harder, because JC, he's kind of a jerk, so it was easy not to you know, balance there. But, but my grandbabies now, that's a different story. Of course, they're going to become teenagers too. <laughs> but the bottom line is, you hear what I'm saying? But it, I want to ask you a question. I want you to ask your, yourself this question every day this week. Do I actually love God most? Have I actually decided that I'm going to follow Christ and, 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 and my heavenly Father is going to be numero uno? For you Spanish people, you, you understand what I'm saying? Huh? That was good, uh, Espanol, huh? Silly thing, nah. He's going to be first in all of my life. I'm going to love him first. But then his word goes on, it doesn't say, well, the next priority is others. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, and as a result of that love, I'm going to re- re-love others the way I love myself. And that's got a couple different connotations. I don't know about you, but it's easy to love me. For me to love me. Because that's how I was born. I just love me. <laughs> you know? I want good for me. And that's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But the reality is, it's I'm going to love others the way I love myself. I want you to hear something. You can't destroy yourself for the love of others and expect that to be healthy. Because the bottom line is, if I'm destroyed, I got nothing to give to anybody else, including God. Are you with me there? You know? So there's this wonderful equilibrium there. I love God first, but then I'm going to love others as I love myself. And the more healthy I become, the more I'm able to love someone else in a very healthy way. So very, very important. The third thing I want to say about this out to love is John 15 says it's a command. I I think in the church, we've kind of taken things like love and we've gone, well, that's an option. No. No. Look at the person next to you and go, no. 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 See, we really do. We're kind of, well, you know, if 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 the, I like them or if they do things I like or the or you know they, they kind of are nice to me, then I'll love them. Friends, that's not what God's word says. That's a low-rent Phileo love. He's talking about agape love. He says in John 15, he says, listen, this is my command. That you love each other the way I loved you. You want a healthy life? Love, like loved. And gave himself up as a sacrifice. As a fragrant aroma unto God. Are you with me in all this? Are you with me? All right, all right. The last thing, I've talked about this before, but I, but I think it's very significant. One day I was, I was over at the um, market over here in Muhlenberg. And an Amish lady heard somebody call me pastor, so she felt comfortable. And she came over, and I was drinking coffee as usual and, and, and reading. And, and she just came up and started talking. And we were talking about that whole... Remember a few years ago in the nickel mine scenario where some uh, young uh, Amish ladies uh, were killed by a man who was mentally ill and, and uh, probably demonically deranged and just, you know, it was, it, was, it was a bad scenario. But those Amish folk, man, did they step up or what? They forgave him. They, took, they paid for his funeral and took care of his family. Amen. Almost sounds Christian, doesn't it? See, to us in a regular Protestant church, we're just kind of like, well, as soon as we get over this, we'll... No! Love is love. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you, well, you got to understand that. No, I don't have to understand anything. What I have to understand is, is that too often we've taken a very unbiblical view of the Bible. And we've lived it out. And I was talking to her about that, and I said, man, y'all stepped up on that one. Y'all really came through on that day. And she said, Pastor, you have to understand, we're taught from birth that forgiveness isn't an option. Forgiveness is not something you do. Forgiveness is who you are. We don't deserve forgiveness. Why would we not forgive him? And I got to thinking about that in context with this, and I'm like, yeah. Folks, how can we say we are Christ followers and not love like Christ? Because if we are in him and he is in us, And if His Spirit is indwelling us and guiding us and leading us, then love, because He is love, love is not something we choose to do. Love is just who we are. And I'll ask you the question this morning. Is love who you are? See, too often I think we go out of these doors going, go, okay, got to love. And the first person you run into is the big jerk down the street. No, I'm serious. It's hard, isn't it? You know, there are just some, pe- some people easy to love and like and all that kind of stuff. Some people just ain't easy to love or like. Right? I mean, they're just, you know. But I think we need to trace ourselves back and realize we were born that person. Save the grace of Jesus Christ, we would probably have been worse. I know I would have. And Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. With all of my stuff, and all of my sin, and all of my nastiness on his shoulders, and on his back. And he took those stripes and, and, and he took that scourging, and he took that pain, and he took those nails, and he, and he took all of that suffering for me. And he died for me, even though I didn't understand it, even though I didn't want it. He even died for the ones that were sticking the spears in his side. So, if that love dwells in me and I choose to dwell in him, love should be who we are. I keep hearing, well, it's so hard. And let me say something, it's going to sound harsh it's probably because you don't dwell in love and love doesn't dwell in you. Because like your mama told you when you were little, you are who you hang with. And to heal. And to be made healthy. Into to be made solid. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood or where I work (laughs) or anywhere else that doesn't need the healing, healthy love and power of God. Are you with me? That's why we come, right? That's why we come, right? To be made healthy. Doesn't mean God's going to take away your problems. Doesn't mean God's going to take away your sickness. Doesn't mean he can if he wants. But sometimes he just says my grace is sufficient. And you're going to be okay. Praise God. So what do I do with that? I leave this place to exemplify and teach and just love a world. That feels like it has no love. I I leave this place. And love a world. That feels like it has no hope. But you see the cool part is. I know hope. I know love. I know healing. And I know if you will come to him. He will make you healthy. And he will make you solid. And he will make you the man or woman you were created to be, to love like him. And that's for everybody. That's not just for superstar saints, that's for everybody. Amen? Let's stand. I'm going to open the altars. There may be some here who say, you know what? I need that healthy thing. Because I've been praying for God to take all my problems away. (laughs) And I've been a little frustrated because it hasn't happened. Sometimes he does. Most of the time, His grace is just sufficient. And He makes us healthy in the middle of all the stuff. Isn't that cool? Then when people see that I'm able to be healthy, even though all my problems haven't disappeared, maybe they've got some hope that maybe they too can find health and hope and happiness in the middle of all the stuff. Amen? 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 Pastor, I do want to love. I want to love healthy. I want to love balanced. I I want to love like Jesus in a way that helps people, impacts people, helps them to understand they have hope. I, I want to love people in such a way that They know there's something different in me. There's something different about me. I want to love people. That they want what I have. They want who I have. welcome at these altars for anything you want this morning. God's here waiting.